Hi, everybody, and this is Kremlin File. Yesterday, Vladimir Putin recognized two regions of Ukraine as independent states. And he bizarrely asserted that these regions are no longer part of Ukraine and their sovereign territory. To put it simply, Russia just announced that it is carving out a big chunk of Ukraine. As far as where we stand today, Russian tanks rolled into uh, the territories that Russia illegally seized and now claims to have. What is more so alarming is a few hours ago, um, Putin appealed to the Russian Federation Council to uh, request for the use of um, armed uh, um, Russian armed forces and aircraft, specifically aircraft. Then within one hour, uh, the Russian Federation Council, you know, approved his appeal. And now basically he received this declaration again for show, but it is very important because he received this declaration that now he can, at least according to Russia, launch uh, right. uh, an That's attack right. outside of Russian uh, territory. And I mean, this is equivalent to when a U.S. president goes to Congress to seek a declaration of, you know, being allowed to use our military on foreign soil for operational purposes and attacks. So, I mean, that is a very important development. And I think, you know, I would not be surprised and I'm devastated <sighs> If we start seeing airstrikes, you know, yeah, we'll be within watching. hours or by the tomorrow at the latest. At the same time, they've also started um, taking blood from the soldiers on the front line and creating a new blood bank. Yeah, so that's also that very has, devastating exactly. because we all know blood has well, an expiration date. So that um, will, hmm. uh, you know, it, it's not good developments. And yes. right now we just need to pray for Ukraine and make sure to you know, get the information out and get it out correctly. One thing I noticed on U.S. outlets is they were reporting literally until 1 a.m. last night in U.S. Exactly. That it was a peacekeeper. No. Exactly. Russia doesn't have peacekeepers. That's number one. And number two, I mean, these were Russian tanks that That's rolled right. onto sovereign territory. That's it. It's an invasion. They already had invaded and occupied, but now this they use their now getting to point number two. <clears throat> Every international and U.S. media outlet keep using pro-Russian separatists. I don't understand what that is. I don't. I personally don't understand being from there. What is that? I mean, these pro-Russian right. separatists were created by Russia. They are a combination of Russian mercenaries and Russian uh, intelligence operatives. Yeah. That's what they are. So now you have Russian military that moved, rolled in with their tanks directly, whereas they've occupied the area for eight years. They've used their Russian mercenaries and operatives, intelligence operatives, in order to conduct the operations. Now, this yeah. is the first time where they just took yeah. the charade down and moved in their uh, military. And I mean, so as of now, we are Moment. at a very, very dangerous, yeah. very, very yeah. dangerous next 48 hours. Yeah. And I don't even know how, you know, we yeah. can yeah. That's wake exactly, up to a complete yeah. different world. Yeah, I mean, we, because again, like I say, this is more than Ukraine, yeah. and we can wake up to yeah. a different world. And it is yeah. frightening. Yeah. 
My final recommendation to U.S. and Europe is just how they coordinated a very strong beginning sanctions response. We need to now have a very coordinated response to attacks we will see on U.S. soil, on European soil. Because, again, this is more than Ukraine. This is Putin's way to challenge NATO. And the minute these sanctions or potentially, you know, from any time from now till this podcast comes out tomorrow, we will experience cyber attacks. Our financial institutions will be hit. Our utility companies may be hit. So we need U.S. and Europe to have a coordinated response, and we make sure that we deliver Russia the same they exact taken response. Down. So if our bank gets yeah. taken down, their bank gets taken their offline. Lights go out. If our lights go out, their lights yep. go out. So we yep. have to have that as a you know in a coordinated way because you know this will escalate more because Putin. No, he doesn't. You know, Yeah, he has nothing to lose anymore. He just doesn't have anything left to lose. So this is it. And when you're in that position, you'll do anything. You'll do absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. And if people think that, you know, there's, I'm hearing a lot, well, you know, oh, but no, he wouldn't do that. Putin got into presidency by blowing up apartment buildings and killing 307 Russian citizens in order to launch a war on Chechnya to blame Chechen terrorists and launch a second war. So you have a man who committed terrorist attacks to get into power. The national security meeting looked like they were almost afraid. I don't know. This is the sensation I got. And maybe it was just a big, huge piece. It was a big, huge piece of theater. Okay, this was all just show. Okay, just just show it was so blatant on top of it all pre-recorded because then we have, you know, a nice picture of Shoigu's uh, watch. All right. So it was who knows when they actually recorded this thing. So this is all pre-planned. Putin's rant that made absolutely no sense. And I mean, honestly, the rant was insane. I got through two minutes of it and I, I didn't yeah. want to hear anymore. I would like to start by saying that the modern Ukraine is completely, was completely created by Russia. Now, almost every day, they are shelling settlements in Donbass. They have amassed large troops. They're using offensive, unmanned vehicles and other heavy machinery, torturing people, children, women, elderly people. It doesn't stop. It doesn't cease. We see no end to it. But now the West gets to see the propaganda that is fed to Russia, because what Putin fails to realize is he actually thinks his propaganda and all the insanity and, you know, rewriting history and whatnot is going to be accepted you know, outside of Russian borders. And that yeah. is far from the case. This has been happening for two decades. They, you know, have uh, these completely insane propaganda narratives. And yeah, and that's exactly. it. And now the West is getting a taste of it because now yeah. it involves obviously uh, Ukraine and not only Ukraine, more so than Ukraine, the fact that it can go into a regional war. Yeah. So, exactly. um, yeah, exactly. uh, it was, it was, um, you know, no, it very was hard. It was something. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of speeches before, but the, the national security council speech, okay. Th- that whole 
bringing up people to say, yes, master. Okay. This, you know, telling, saying exactly. And then they, some of them were off script, like Narasham was off script. Um, he even suggested that they were going to be taking all of Donbass and it was going to become Russia and, and Putin corrected him and said, no, 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 we're not going to be talking about that today. Uh, I mean, it was absolutely absurd. Absurd. Well, the security, uh, no, this is normal for the Security Council meeting. This is how they are conducted. Okay. This is how State Duma is conducted. This is, you know, again, normally people right. don't um, focus on it. I don't think there are many people, you know, who actually have watched national security uh, meetings inside of Russia. People are now watching it because of what's happening, rightfully so. These, This is how it is. The fact that Narishkin, who for our viewers is the head of SBR, which is one of their Russian intelligence agencies, the fact that he, um, you know, kept stumbling and yeah. fumbling with yeah. his words. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be, um, you know, I, I anticipate there will be a, a new opening for an SBR head coming up shortly <laughs> because yeah. that was um, not something that Putin will tolerate. And to a bigger picture, it does show they are nervous because Putin is going mm -hmm. full force with basically yeah. annihilating Russia uh, domestically. And there are no like breaks on him. Yeah. No yeah. one has the power to control him. Yeah. So they understand where this is headed. I mean, Russia will turn. Either we will go into a direct conflict, the West, with Russia where it turns into a military confrontation because this is where Putin is yeah. himself attempting to push, or they are going to turn into a pariah state where they can crawl out of Russian borders, except in Nicaragua, Venezuela, mm -hmm. you know, Syria, yeah. uh, you know, North yeah. Korea. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, no, it was very painful to to yeah. like you know watch Putin's speech again. It, this is his propaganda. Yes, the speech was basically or uh, him reading his essay that he wrote yeah. last um, June? summer, June or July, and yeah. and it was also what they have been saying for yeah. decades. Yeah, I mean, this is what they are saying for decades, yeah. and you know, most people have not followed Russia their whole life, you know, they have not focused that deeply on it until more so, especially here for the regular audience, they started focusing on it more in 2016 after um, Russia attacked our elections. But this is what they do. I mean, this is, you know, exactly it. Again, with this, you know, that propaganda show, that was a time propaganda show. That's yeah, all it was. That's it. You know. That's it. But with that, the bigger news that came out is, you know, that they gave us another distraction, something else yeah, to talk about exactly. while they are making their final I, uh, uh, preparations. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there's three areas, Olga, that uh, I was reading about, right? We're talking about the north area, or let's say Belarus, an attack coming through there. Also through, let's say, Kharkiv, on the other side of Kharkiv coming in, and perhaps... Kharkiv. Okay, Kharkiv, thank you. And also uh, through Odessa, okay, all of the, the area south, Mariupol and, uh, and Odessa. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that there are close to maybe, is it an exaggeration to say close to 200,000 troops at this time? No, because if you take into account the military of Belarus now that that's right is controlled by Russia 
Then no, absolutely. That's right. I mean, you have close to 200,000 troops, many more on standby who can, you know, be pulled in at any moment. So yeah, no, there are, I mean, again, everything is a distraction for Russia. They are causing major distractions and to pull back because, you know, the last time we did uh, a Ukraine episode was a few weeks ago, way before this, you know, premeditated manufactured, um, crisis mm-hmm. to pull back to last week. So um, they had a date that they were going to start ex- escalations. It was already planned when, and people really need to understand this has nothing to do with NATO. This has nothing to do with any of the demands they're issuing. This yeah. has nothing to do with anything that is coming out of their mouth that they want from the West. This is all, all of that is absolute noise. And they want us concentrated on discussing, you know, NATO expansionism and whatnot. They have nothing to do with it. They have their own military strategy, mm-hmm. which they began one That's year right. ago. That's right. For this operation. And they are following to their timetable. That's right. Their timetable said that towards the end of last week, they needed to start, you know, this, uh, to start escalation. So what they did is they start ripping. Now, for our viewers who don't know, we're talking about Donetsk and Luhansk. That's right. Which is um, Russian-occupied territory. Russia occupied it, invaded and occupied it uh, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And since then, they are, you know, they've occupied this territory. It's under their control. And they decided to use this territory to cause destabilization and for a pretext. So what they did is they went and rounded up all the women, children, elderly, mm-hmm. tried to force as many of them as they can out uh, into Russia, pull them out for security reasons, which there are, weren't any because uh, Ukraine would never, ever escalate. First of all, Ukrainian military are under orders yes. not to even respond That's right. because they don't want to give Russia a pretext. Exactly. So they would not escalate. And with this, um, they took these women, children, and elderly. They started putting them through into Russia, uh, moving them through different, uh, different towns, Rostov. set up uh, yeah. tents yeah. for refugees. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was very painful to watch because they upended these people's lives yeah. in order for their propaganda and false flag show. And then at the same time, all the men from 15 on yeah. were forced to stay in the area in order to, you know, sign up for the conscription that went into effect last weekend. So we have had this, you know, and they're operating on their timetable. And then they started intensifying uh, terrorist attacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the buildings yeah. collapse because they claim Ukrainians shelled the buildings yeah. and civilians were killed. There yeah. were bombs on the highway. Yeah. Ukrainians are not even responding. Ukrainians have died this week and have withheld right. from responding because they don't get want to give Russia a pretext for any further escalation. And so we have a combination of Terrorist attacks, a manufactured uh, humanitarian crisis, and terrorist attacks being conducted by Russian mercenaries and intelligence uh, uh, agents inside these Russian-occupied territories. And then we get to the painful speech yesterday, 
you know, which is kind of a repeat of everything that Putin has done over said over the course of, you know, his time in, in uh, presidency. And then they decide to annex legally. Well, not illegally, yeah. but for their purposes, right. legally, yeah. uh, sign a decree mm-hmm. and annex those two areas and say, that's it. We are taking it away from Ukraine. Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah. No one will recognize that's it except right. Syria and Nicaragua and, and Venezuela. And but it is question. illegal what they yeah. did. I want you to talk mm-hmm. about that a bit, because even when we talked about, for example, the elections, right, that were held uh, and we know that those elections, you know, they were completely, uh, you know, manipulated, bogus. Okay, that I mean, that's that's we know this. You've written about it. I've written about it. So on and so forth. It seems to me that for some reason, and maybe you can explain this, you know, to everybody so that we we can understand. They sort of need still a veneer, okay, of some sort. It's got to be like a piece of legal theater for some reason. I suspect that it's it's more for the Russian people, not for us, because we don't believe it. It's more for the Russian population. Is that is am I in the going in the right direction with that, Olga? I don't know if it's as much for the Russian population as it's more for documenting it and having okay. it put into history that yes, this happened okay. on this date, and you know this was issued on that date. Because I mean, they honestly are past caring what the Russian people think. You know, yeah, citizens yeah. think. Yeah. So I think it's more just to have it documented. Again. Okay. You know, it's for nothing, yeah. it's for show, but it will be included, sure. you know, in, yeah. in, in, as bo- history yeah. books are being written, that on this date, this happened, this is the marker for that, sure. this decree was signed. Yeah. I mean, they still have to maintain some form of a government to put in issues, signs and issues, uh, put in signs and issues like, you know, countless sure. decrees constantly, you know, half of them don't make sense. Yeah. But, you know, they still have to show some kind of bureaucracy and, you know, and and to have to show some kind of a system. Also, because I think maybe, I don't know, for for his legacy that you've talked about, right, before the need now that he's an older, an old man or has, uh, let's say, someone called him an old grandfather who is ranting away at a a dinner party uh, talking about world politics. Um, It's sort of he, in, in time, that... Without that, or rather, that document sort of gives it a veneer of history, as you're saying, right? And it doesn't have yeah. everything around and it. Like, there's no film, there's no video, there are no pictures. It's just the document. So it actually looks, right, uh, legit without knowing everything, the context, right? The historical context that came with that. Okay, so, yeah, I can see where it's Absolutely. I can Yesterday, see it's when, they, when they annexed. Yesterday, when they annexed uh, the territories, I mean, they immediately published the yeah. document. So for anyone who did not, you know, listen to the ramblings, they went on the presidential website and saw the official document with a, you know, Russian seal. And that's it. Yeah, so, I saw that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, through the feeds they were, they were, you know, showing, but it was probably on RIA. It was probably on all sorts of. You know, other uh, yeah, no, it was an official yeah. document, so it was published on the official presidential okay. site. 
as part right. of what he signed the decree because every time he signs something it shows up you know yeah on the presidential side of the latest orders yeah. and whatnot. yeah another thing came to mind as i was watching him speak in both you know uh yesterday both uh, uh events well we won't call them events um is he losing his mind like i mean is is he is he going is he off or is this simply I don't think he's so. surrounded himself with anybody who will say yes there's nobody to to actually pose any kind of opposition to him basically you know he he decides everything um i guess by western standards we would say he's nuts but uh, this is not the case that's the this is him no this is him i don't think so it's i mean i think he actually one thing that he actually did borrow from mm. trump Hmm. is putting out, because, you know, for the most part, Trump ran his playbook. He borrowed a little bit from Trump because, you know, they saw the tactics do work. And and it's almost like this uh, strategic chaos where, you know, he comes out, he mm, sounds crazy to a Westerner. I mean, for any Russian, it's like, sure. you know, this is okay. who he is. But he sounds crazy to a Westerner. But at the same time, he, he creates a mm -hmm. show. Everybody's discussing yeah. that versus what's happening what's on the ground with the troops. Sure. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more, you know, he borrowed that showman's uh, showmanship from like, you know, Trump, because they do see this tactic worked in U.S. I mean, Trump, everybody, you know, said, oh, he's crazy. He believes his election lies. He doesn't believe his election lies. He knows that he lost the elections. <laughs> He's doing this to collect sure, money exactly. and to continue dividing yeah, the country. Yeah. So he comes out and rambles and people are like, wow, he's, you know, unhinged yeah. and crazy and whatever. Meanwhile, if you look at his four years of what he did here in the United States, it was absolutely, and I kept warning people, during the whole time, do not fall for this. He's not crazy. He acts crazy. He is not. This is all a strategy for him to divide the country. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And to cause, you know, like uh, distractions. Right. So people are focused on, well, you know, other things instead yeah, well, of what he is doing. focused on the, you know, the, um, what was the famous uh drinking bleach and you know the toilet the toilets yeah. that don't work and all of the crazy you know batshit things that he used to say yeah toilets that don't maybe, work oh, maybe they didn't work because he was flushing rip, documents rip, rip, down rip. them exactly <laughs> all right and <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly can you imagine olga you know what thought came to me the other day i was sitting there and i said oh my god thank god biden is in the white house I, it was, it was Absolutely. one of the, this thought. And I said, holy shit. Okay. Can you imagine if Trump had been in there? I mean, it, I think it would have probably even happened before now. That's what, that was my thought, but I don't know. I mean, again, Russia has, Russia has their military strategy. Their first was the easier one, which mm -hmm. was Belarus. They softly annexed Belarus. They needed to have that military, extra military and territory in order to conduct more, you know, attacks and to basically use that territory to threaten EU countries because they're bordering Belarus. So I think, um, you know, he's going by his strategy. So whatever it looks, everything is, I always call the, you know, the Kremlin, the house of mirrors. It really is. 
they will put out several stories themselves, like, you know, yeah. via their cutouts to confuse the situation. You Sometimes it's hard to figure out what is the truth happening, what their motivation behind it is. So, I mean, I think he's going by his own strategy because he started the annexation of Belarus, yeah. you know, in yeah. 2019 and then kind of finally finished December of last year. Next, obviously, the natural choice for Russia would be mm-hmm. Ukraine. Um, they definitely, I still think we need to keep a very, very close eye. I brought it up, you know, in one of our podcasts last year, the Sawaki right. Corridor, because that connects right. Kaliningrad to mm-hmm. to Belarus, and they definitely would love to carve that out, and it would be a logistical nightmare for NATO. And I think Moldova. We have to focus on Moldova, fact, because yeah. as you said Prior to this, you said that, um, you know, like that I've been discussing as far as uh, Putin wants to rewrite, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, to leave a legacy. This is his purpose. He has been in power for 20 years. What does he have to show for it? He has nothing to show for it. Nothing. He has 200 billion stolen dollars, approximately, that he cannot even declare because they're all hidden through shell companies and, you know, his inner circle. So he has nothing to show for it. And he's getting older and he needs to write a legacy for himself. And this is very important in the Russian culture. I mean, and people don't understand where they, you know, got distracted with this NATO expansionism and whatnot. The more important part is leaving, you know, the the Russian mentality and Soviet mentality. And it's just not for leaders. I mean, it's for many people. They want to leave behind the legacy. So he wants to have history books written about him that he reinstated, you know, uh, territory that was lost Mm -hmm. during the Soviet Union collapse. He has carried on about how tragic the Soviet Union collapse was. And that's it. And I mean, this is where we are. He is going again, uh, according to his timetable. He's been priming the West for over a decade by injecting yep. money into it, by creating mm-hmm. economic reliance, by creating po- political reliance yep. in order to soften the response. I do think he backed himself in the corner because I really think he's, look, over. The past decade, he has committed several assassinations on foreign soil with chemical weapons. One of the biggest paralyzing attacks Mm -hmm. on Estonia with Mm -hmm. cyber attacks. Uh, Invasion into Georgia, invasion into Ukraine, um, you know, atrocities in Syria, murdering uh, and specifically targeting schools and, and hospitals. And he's so received yep. nothing for it. He's gotten minimal pushback, minimal sanctions that get watered down by the time, you know, sure. they actually go into effect. And I really think that he thought this time that it would be the same uh, deep concern response that sure. usually gets chimed every sure. t- time he does something. Yeah. And that's it. And and he got a very big surprise because, you know, I I got a very br- big surprise. I did not expect Europe and U.S. and Canada to unite so strongly, so quickly, and to basically, you know, take all the diplomatic steps and then the logistical steps of securing the eastern flank in Europe and whatnot for, uh, you know, uh, to stop 
to attempt to yeah. stop Putin. Yeah. I mean, we're way yeah. past yeah. return. He'll yeah. continue what he yeah. what he had planned. But at least they're showing that, you know, it's not going to come right. at a That's cheap right. price. You know, and that he yeah. will. No, I mean, I just want to add something here because I think uh, I'm sitting here, okay, in Europe. And I do have to say, and I have to be thankful that Biden stepped in, okay, with all of the administration behind him. And he, they built, I would say, a coalition, okay? Because if we had to leave yes. it up to fucking Borrell, all right, or any of the other European leaders, Putin right now would be sitting in Kiev, okay? This, is, this has to be said because there's a lot of anti-Americanism out there that goes back to Soviet days when, you know, parties were divided. Oh, and sure, okay, I'm talking about like more the European, you know? Uh, we have they have this sort of romanticized BS, okay, uh, idea of what the left is, and that's not what it is. That's not what it was. Each country developed it on its own. We know that in Germany it's very strong. In Italy it's very strong. Uh, in France less so now because they're they're veering towards the right. But the important part is is that there is this kernel, okay, inside Europe of an anti-Americanism. Uh, that is a real break on a lot of, you know, a lot. Of, and of course, there's also the economic uh, and political capture of a lot of the elites, the business elites, banks, okay, because I just came off a conversation where Italy is probably one of the most exposed, I think it's number two, okay, in Europe, of being financially exposed. It's exposed for 150 billion euros. Okay, and that is huge. That is absolutely huge, especially for Italy's economy. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not talking about an American economy or, let's say, other countries, German economy, so on and so forth. For us to be able to absorb that, it's it's difficult. This is one of the reasons why there's so you know there's red, uh, hesitancy. But uh, personally, that's why I'm saying it's fantastic to see how the administration has stepped up right from the get-go, coming over to Europe, meeting with NATO heads, okay, and meeting with European heads and trying to build that coalition a little at a time. And I have to say that people have now woke up. Uh, there, there's, there's still that 30%, 35% of that kernel, real hardcore between, you know, extreme right, extreme left, that's fine. But most people now are behind NATO. And if we're not, for example, if Italy cannot make that contribution in terms of, I don't know, um, you know, applying certain sanctions, because right now I know that the EU came out and said that they're going to be sanctioning all of the, the Duma and you know, uh, not allowing passports, not allowing them to come in to, uh, to Europe, so on and so forth. That came out not too long ago. But we can make a contribution as a NATO partner, okay, and and have pride in that, all right? I think per sorties, Italy is number two, okay, in terms of uh, air policing and so on and so forth. But it's just to say that this was, from the beginning, headed and, you know, spearheaded by the Biden administration with the intelligence that they had and coming over and speaking, really doing that hard work of diplomacy that takes time, 
but no, I'm, I'm actually very, very happy about that. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. you know, they get a bad rap. All right. I mean, Americans in general get a bad rap, especially after the Trump years, you know, that that really put a dent in things, but we can see now, for example, even on, look, even on Italian TV, they completely changed their tune. <laughs> Finally, this morning I was watching because I said, okay, let me monitor what's going on and, and see how they're, how they're spinning this thing. And, um, and I was pleasantly surprised, okay, to see that, you know, finally Good. they were, okay, my cat is really going nuts here. But anyway, she wants to play. Okay, no, go away. Go, go. I'm with Olga now. Go. So that's the, you know, the, I, I really have to give it to Biden. And I have to give it to the Americans that have really showed leadership. And it's, this is important to say, okay, it's extremely important to say. Yes, no, absolutely. Look, Biden came into office with the promise of restoring our damaged yep. relations with Europe and our alliances. And he, I am also extremely impressed because they have made sure to yep. consult with every single European partner, you know, from to Germany Portugal, to Poland Spain, to yes, Lithuania. Everyone. Everyone. So they are consulting everyone on board. It's not, you know, issuing demands of this is what's going to happen. It is consulting to figure out, you know, a solution that they both can work together and then, you know, figure out how to deal with the repercussions of, you know, that the fallout from from when these sanctions go in. Yeah. So they've been doing yeah. an incredible response. And for that, I also have to yes. say, UK, yes. I am beyond impressed. Yeah. Because they yeah. have taken the lead in making sure that Europe, yeah. you know, is secure. And they literally were the first ones, even more so before U.S., because U.S. Sure. was doing the coalition sure. building behind the scenes. Europe, I mean, U.K. were the ones who were sending yeah. the military equipment right away, you know, sending, uh, making sure yeah. that Romania is okay That's and right. making sure Poland is okay and, you know... More shifting around military and doing what needs to be done to protect the eastern flank. And I keep talking yeah. about Moldova, and I think you know a lot of our media fell into this whole narrative of yeah. NATO, which is complete yeah. BS. It was just you know right. a distraction that the Kremlin mm -hmm. wanted everyone talking about. Um, and there's a very perfect example of how this goes beyond Ukraine because, um, yeah, overnight that. a report came out that, um, Moldova, uh, like Ukraine has, right. um, Russian invaded territory. So in That's Moldova right. it's Transnistria. And there was a report that yeah. came out that the leaders from Transnistria yeah. went to Moscow in order to request for Russia to recognize yeah. them as Russian territory. At the same time, last week, there was a, a report from U.S. intelligence that they uh, have intelligence that Moldova might be overthrown oh with Ukraine in one sweep. So yeah. we have a lot to worry about. And this just yeah. shows you this is yeah. past Ukraine. This is more this is, than yeah. NATO. Yeah. You know, NATO was a complete distraction that this yeah. is a threat to Europe. 
And this poses a threat to Europe, to United right. States, and to anybody and, and out whatnot, there, you know, who keeps asking. I don't. I hope there are no, nobody is left. But like, why should we care about Ukraine? It's like that is absolutely insane because. Ukraine means it's not so much Ukraine. It's not so much NATO, which, as you said, is a distraction. But let's say even if somebody is contemplating it, okay, it's what they represent. Okay. Ukraine and all of the international institutions, the EU, NATO, so on and so forth, all of them represent, okay, a democratic world based rules based order that the Kremlin doesn't want, okay, because they can't do their funny business. They can't go in and, you know, uh, get all of their dirty money out and launder it out there. Okay. This is the whole idea. Well, they can, they do it, but that's, that's our problem. And that's what needs to be cleaned up. That's what needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. But it's what it represents. Okay. Something like that falls. You're putting it all into question and any other authoritarian, Boom. You know, okay, well, they didn't, they didn't push back on that. So let's let, we can go on ahead and do it. Whoever. Okay. Whoever it can be. No. And, and also look, post-World War II, we have a order That's with right. international norms and laws that countries cannot <laughs> invade natural. sovereign countries. So if we allow Russia <laughs> to invade Ukraine, what is it to stop any other right. country across the world yeah. who says, she, I like my neighbor. Exactly. I want their resources. Yeah. I like their this. That's right. And just move right in. I mean, this is what uh, Saddam Hussein did with Iraq. He moved into Kuwait and the That's international right. coalition very quickly came yeah. out and kicked them right back into his borders. I mean, it is very and important. This. There's nothing more important right. than maintaining That's the right. sovereignty of a country. And then in this case, obviously, you also have, you know, the fact that they're, they've been working, they're a democracy, and that they've been working, you know, towards moving towards the West over the past decade. And then you have the bigger picture of the security of Europe. Yeah. I mean, if the, we already saw yeah. what happened in World War II when, you know, issues are not dealt with in a timely fashion. This turns into a regional and potential yeah. world war. So, I mean, if Putin succeeds with Ukraine and say he does have plans, which they have military strategy for Moldova for, you know, they've discussed it for over a decade. But say he has, you know, mm -hmm. takes Ukraine, takes Moldova, takes, sure. you know, next there'll be Lithuania that they discuss and like joke about. And actually they... On Russian TV, had uh, like a, a, on one of their show, main shows, yeah, I saw like that. a military yeah. mock-up of what it would look like to invade Ukraine. They had changed all the names. It was just a okay. No, Lithuania yeah. specifically. It was specifically Lithuania, and they had a mock-up of how yeah. they were going to do it, where they were going to come from. You know, obviously Belarus, how they right. were going to seize the Sawaki corridor, yeah. how they were going to connect. Yeah you know, uh, Kaliningrad to Belarus. So, I mean, this is just very important in general for the stability of Europe, because if Europe falls... No. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I mean, we that's, are all it's the same in trouble. We say in Europe, if the states falls for any reason, okay, with, let's say, internally with all of the uh, mm -hmm. the semblance or at least the uh, appearance of problems, okay, that there are politically, 
um, we say here in Europe, if something were to happen to the states where they would go over, you know, uh, let's say into uh, embrace a government of a, a, a quasi dictatorship into right authoritarian style, as we were seeing with Trump, what would happen? And, you know, Europe would fall. OK, because yeah. our systems are intertwined. No, and there's nothing more important than yes. maintaining the transatlantic alliance. There is nothing more important. This is something mm -hmm. that post-World War II was developed. And it's something that needs to be maintained and needs to be, you know, shown to Russia and at the same time to China, because China is hanging out there, you know, in their corner, they're watching, they're taking watching notes. all they're of seeing this. exactly yeah. how we are reacting. OK, to this thing. That's why it was fundamental. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm pressing this point because it's important to make. It was fundamental that the Biden administration picked up the ball and went running. OK, so uh, because that way China can see as well. OK, this is not going to be acceptable. Uh, Russia attacked Ukraine in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Kind of went under the radar. It's like the world yeah. accepted it. Business was um, went on as usual. The Kremlin oh, God. continues to be in Olympics, in pace, and other Western institutions. And absolutely, like, nothing happened. And here, you know, you've eight years, you have so many Ukrainians who have died fighting for their land. And the fact that now, you know, People are waking up to this. Yeah. You know, it's no, like, it, it's it incredible because we didn't have to get this. And I just wanted to thank everyone um, for the support. I have, I mean, Americans really like, it's it's breaking my heart. It makes me actually in the middle of this start crying every time I see all the support from people and like their messages. And I mean, it's just, and That's just right. for Ukrainians, right. like just the okay. overwhelming support for Ukraine. Thank you. Hey everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and please visit our website, kremlinfile.com. This is a Bunker Crew Media production, hosted by Olga Lautman and me, Monique Camara, with executive producers Marley Clements, Jack Bryan, Grant DeSimone, Ben, Brett, and Jordi Mycellus of Midas Media, with associate producers Ruby Frankel and Sarah Metz. Theme music by Oreste Camarra. Sound editing and mixing by Joy Ellett. Subscribe to Kremlin File wherever you listen to podcasts.